Another episode of We, Us, and Ours, hosted by Charlotte from Chicago. First off, I want to say Happy New Year. Wow, I'm so excited to be ringing in this new year. Obviously, 2020 has been a roller coaster for all of us, and it's not some magic switch going into the new year, but I'm someone that really loves and values different chapters in life, and new years are always just a new chapter, and it's an it's a excuse to start something new, to push yourself out of your comfort zone, and also just say, you know what, I don't have to bring in some of the baggage that was with me last year. So we're just really excited that you're you're joining with us, and this first episode of 2021 is going to be one that hopefully will make you laugh, because now looking back on it, I can laugh, but man, <laughs> there were some moments in this where I really was like, honestly... How did I not die? And to to preface that, the story here is of the two times, again, not once, but twice, that I have been stranded on an island. I'm sure you're probably wondering, Charlotte, we live in a world of technology. We don't live in a Gilligan's Island kind of life. How the heck did you get stranded on an island twice? Well, let me tell you, the first time, December of 2017, in the Philippines. It was my senior year of college, and I had been volunteering at an orphanage in the Philippines over the summer, and I had spent a a full month there, and literally before leaving. Uh, My heart had just been so drawn to the kids, to the nation, to everything there that I, by the time I was like sitting in the airport to fly back to the U.S., I had booked a flight to come back for Christmas, Uh, which seemed very absurd. But just as a little preface, because we love all things travel here on this podcast, This is how I knew that I was supposed to be coming back for Christmas, was that one of the kids had even suggested to me, they're like, Ate Charlotte, why don't you come back for Christmas? And I'm thinking, don't tempt me, I already don't want to leave. I get to the airport, and I start looking up flights. I found a round-trip flight from Chicago to Manila for two weeks over Christmas for $487. $487 to fly from the U.S. to the Philippines. That's insane. Uh, Literally, you could fly from New York to L.A. and you could pay that and you wouldn't be like, oh, that's like, that's not terrible. Yeah, uh, wild. And as I was sitting there in the airport contemplating buying it, my mom's song came on the radio in the restaurant in the airport and I started sobbing and I said, all right, book in the ticket. So... (laughs) I knew that there were some divine hands that were on this planning. I said, you know what? I'm coming back for Christmas. So flash forward into that fall semester of my senior year. I was the president of the entrepreneurship club at my university. And I said, you know, I'm taking a social entrepreneurship class. I believe that entrepreneurship has a big give back mentality. And that's what successful entrepreneurs do is that they 
create things that, that help others. So I said, you know what? I'm going back for Christmas. How about we as a club and as a university raise money for the orphanage and sponsor Christmas more or less for the kids? So we were able to, through the university and through our efforts, we were able to raise a little over $9,000 around Christmas time, which was absolutely amazing. What we then ended up doing was we ended up buying all of this, the stuff to bring over. We had to ship some of it over. And then I agreed that I would take 100 pounds of it myself because I could have two 50-pound suitcases and then literally two weeks' worth of stuff just in a carry-on backpack for me. So it was a little chaotic, especially with an eight-hour layover in Beijing, China overnight. Not fun. 10 out of 10, don't recommend. But when you buy a flight that cheap, you get what you pay for. So I make it over to the Philippines. And where the orphanage is, you fly into Manila, you take, typically I wouldn't take a public bus. I have um, a driver there that I absolutely adore, shout out Kuya J. And it's about an hour and a half, two hour drive from Manila to Batangas. And took that drive, had all my suitcases with me, and then in Batangas I board a ferry. And there's three different types of ferries. There's a there's the fast one, there's a medium speed, and then the slow one that takes big trucks and everything over. So I was able to get the fast one, the super cat, and I was able to make it over to the orphanage with all of my like 150 pound of baggage, probably like 125 with my backpack, but was able to make it over. We had a great time with the kids for Christmas. And since I knew all of the kids, we were able to get Christmas presents that were like catered to the kids and everyone in the entrepreneurship club hand wrote Christmas cards to each individual child that was customized to them what they liked so it was overall a great experience and I was supposed to be leaving the day after Christmas but it's a as you as you now know it's a hike to get to and from the orphanage on the other island uh, in Calapan to be able to get back to the airport. So you have to leave like a monumentous amount of time to be able to get over there because issues happen. Like the ferry sometimes doesn't run. There's traffic. Manila traffic is arguably some of the worst traffic in the world. Like it can be comparable to India traffic. It's wild. So Christmas comes. We have a great time. And then we get the news. The Philippines geographically is located in a place called the Ring of Fire, which essentially what that means is they are prone to a lot of really violent and bad weather. And especially around that time of year, it's typhoon season. Typhoon season. What could go wrong? (laughs) So... What had happened was that on Christmas Day, we were expected to get hit by a typhoon, which, coming from my Midwest Chicago self, I am not used to any weather besides, like, I've dealt with some tornadoes. That's about it. Typhoons? That is a different level. So, we're all kind of praying, batting down the hatches to be like, all right, how... 
bad's this typhoon gonna be? Because the Philippines, on average, gets hit with, I believe, about 25 typhoons a year, which is ludicrous, absolutely insane. So, Christmas comes, we don't get hit with the storm that bad because it's now coming the day after, aka the day that I am supposed to be leaving. Not only do typhoons just cause havoc because the winds and the rain, but the Philippines is an island nation. So that means the water is rough as heck. And most of these ferries stop running during really rough seas, as they should. And honestly, they had been on the tail end of a typhoon when I had been coming in two weeks earlier. So on the ferry, I'm sitting there with my backpack in my lap and both 50-pound suitcases rolling around because the waves were so aggressive. Honestly, if that was, if I was someone that would get sick, like seasick, I would have been yakking. I already was very anxious and I'm sitting there with like my music in, just playing some Jesus music to just calm myself down as I'm holding down these huge suitcases that are just rolling and people are just like bouncing and bouncing and Honestly, I had never ex experienced waves like that before. So if that was just at the tail end after a typhoon, the fact that now this was in the middle of a typhoon, the waves were too much and they were like, okay, you know what? We are not, we're not having any, any ferries. I'm like, well, I have, I have to get back to America. So I got pretty much told, good luck, tough luck, sorry not happening. Thankfully, I had a little thing called travel insurance, which as a travel consultant, as a experienced traveler, always buy travel insurance for the big trips. Oh my goodness. Yes, you need travel insurance. So I'm thinking, holy cow, I'm stuck on this island in a typhoon I'm going to miss my flight back home to America, and I didn't have much time as a buffer because I was only going to be back in Chicago for about three days, and then I was flying down to Florida to visit my friends doing the Disney College program, go to Disney World, and then we were taking a three-day cruise in the Bahamas. So I'm thinking, this is, I need, I need to get back. So I just wait out the storm. And the next day, I get dropped at the ferry port. And I'm like, well, for insurance reasons, I need a piece of paper to say that I could not get off this island, that I was stuck here for a day, that I missed my flight. Because I'd called insurance, and they told me that was what I need. And then they also told me, just go ahead and book a flight day of, and we'll reimburse you once we file the claim. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a lot of money. Because, shockingly, a day of flight from Manila to Chicago cost over $1,000. So, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? If I have to pay this, though, and this is under my insurance, and, like, this is covered in my quote, which, again, be smart about, look up that kind of stuff. But, I said, okay, well, I'm not doing an eight-hour layover in Beijing anymore. I'm going to do a shorter layover in Tokyo. Because it, 
communism. For, for lack of better way, at least I could use my phone and use Google and use social media, even if it still was a six-hour layover compared to an eight-hour layover. And I got to fly Japanese Airlines, so that was a new airline for me. So I said, you know what, this is just what's going to work out better. I ended up booking that flight. My wallet was like, ouch, ouch. I said, okay. And I am ready to get out. But what I said was that I needed a sheet of paper to prove that I was really stuck on this island. So I had to go to the port authority and walk in with my lack of Tagalog and just be like, hi, Kuya. Kuya is kind of like a way to say sir. I'm like, hi, Kuya. I need help for like insurance purposes. So we literally had to make up this document, this kind of formal document to be like, oh, the director of the port authority in Calapan of Mindoro, Philippines declares that the ferries were not running because of typhoon such and such on this date in 2017. And English was not his first language. Obviously Tagalog was, but he, he spoke enough. But so we're in jumbling languages trying to communicate that we're like okay this is what we need and being such a rural space I'm there's not that many tourists so just having like a random 21 year old white girl just hanging out here being like hello please help me I'm on the verge of tears it it drew attention but thankfully we were able to get it settled um I will say did get a little weird after because he was like, well, I need your contact information in case like they contact me. And I was like, okay, next thing I know, this man adds me on Facebook. So you know what? I'm like, you know what? It's fine. We make new friends, which ended up coming in handy because about few, like two months later, we were dealing with custom issues from the rest of the presents getting sent over and I had to reach out to this man at the port authority and be like hello do you have any connections in Manila that can help but that's for another story so we got this document all all written up I got on the ferry I made it to Manila I made it back to the airport and I was boarding my new flight to Tokyo and this is just, it's chaotic. I'm emotional leaving my kids, so I'm just, I'm a mess. Let's let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. And I get onto the plane, and I will say, Japanese airline, fantastic, great service. What probably was the cutest thing was that the, um, not gate agents, but the people that helped pull the plane back, after we had pulled back and we we're starting to head towards the runway. They literally stood there and they waved us goodbye. It was so cute. And so sitting in the window seat, I waved back to them and they were so excited that they waved back more aggressively. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. So I land in Tokyo and I have about a six hour layover. And what I have learned as a young woman traveling by myself is that you have to be on alert in airports. You cannot sleep in an airport when you are by yourself. You are, and this goes for anyone, you are a target. People will pickpocket you. I do want to say, people. I believe people are inherently good, but when you fall asleep in an airport with your bags on you, you are a target. So, exhausted and emotional Charlotte is like, I'm tired, I'm sad, I'm alone, I just want to sleep, but I can't. 
So I wandered around the airport and that's when I found literally it was like the end of a rainbow. It was God just shining a light going ah, to this little tucked away section that said nap and shower rooms. I'm thinking, what? What is this godsend and why don't we have this in America? So I stumble my way over there and I walk in and there's literally no one in there. They're, they're just the person at the reception desk. Hi, uh, what is this? And she said, oh, well, we have rooms and services that you can either rent a shower for like half an hour or you can rent a nap room with ha- that has a shower and you can rent it by the hour. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the biggest blessing. I was like, please sign me up for five hours. So I get to go into this room by myself I get to lock the door so I can kind of put put my stuff down let my guard down I get to take a shower take a nap and the coolest thing was that I opened the blinds and it literally looked out to the inner part of the airport so I get to see like 747s and 777s these big jumbo planes as I'm just sitting there from the bed and they had a desk Oh my goodness, it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. So to t- recover from that after being stranded on the island, missing my flight back, having to shell out over $1,000 that morning to be able to fly, I'm like, this is exactly, exactly what I needed. So I take a shower, I take a nap, I wake up feeling like a new freaking woman. I'm like, I am ready for this 13 and a half hour flight from Tokyo to Chicago. It's going to be great. So I board my flight. I land back in Chicago. It's great. I'm super happy and at least get to put it behind me. Um, I will say it took about uh, probably eight months to get my claim settled with the insurance because I was using a cheap travel insurance and they kind of fought me a little bit. But we got it, and I will still swear by travel insurance and say, especially for a big flight, it is a must when your flight gets delayed. And I will say some credit cards do, if, if it's a travel-related card, they do trip cancellation, trip stuff. So just look into that kind of stuff. But honestly, go for the travel insurance. It will save your butt. And now to talk about the second time. Because like I said, I have been stranded on an island not once, but twice. The other time where I got stranded on an island was in June? June, late June of 2018. So the following year, I had graduated from college and I had accepted a job in New York I had asked if I could start my job in September so that I had the summer before going into the real world. And so what I did was I solo backpacked the world for two and a half months. I did a full, full loop, started in Chicago, went over to Europe, Asia, um, Australia, New Zealand, back through the West Coast, back to Chicago, packed up my stuff, drove to New York. So while I was traveling... I hopped over and I visited Thailand because, you know, everyone hypes up Thailand. I said, let's, let's see what the hype's all about. So I flew from Helsinki, Finland to Bangkok. But as a young solo woman, I was like, I don't know if I 
want to go explore Bangkok by myself. So I flew directly down to Phuket, Thailand. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do five days in Phuket, but I'm going to do one of the day trips to um, PP Island, which is P-H-I-P-H-I. So I'm sure a lot of you have seen that. No one ever knows how to pronounce it if it's like Phi Phi Island, but no, from the locals, it is PP Island. Um, LOL, all the immature children in us. But I was just hanging out by myself, staying at the hostel, and the hostel offered these day trips. So you would take a ferry and then go on a boat hopping tour throughout PP Islands. And I said, you know what? I'll do it. So we wake up early that morning and we are just congregating in, in the, in the lobby. And I spark up a conversation with a Polish girl and her name is Anna. She is a flight attendant for Emirates. And she had a boyfriend down in Australia at the time. And so she would be doing a lot of flights that were through, like, that were kind of in that direction from Dubai anywhere to Australia. And she had some time off in Thailand. So she was like, yeah, I'm just traveling by myself. I said, oh, that's great. Let's hang out. So we sat together on the ferry and she was only a few years older than me. So it was just, it was a fun time to be like, oh, girl time. And I will say this is that when you are solo traveling, you meet strangers and you will cling to them and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be best friends for the next like two days. And that's, that's what it is. Uh, That's just the bond of solo traveling, especially backpackers. So I cannot recommend that enough. But so Anna and I, are on the ferry to the other island and once we get there we like hop on the the little boat to this other other part of the island and from there that's where we're gonna have lunch and we get to go in like a snorkeling adventure which honestly was absolutely beautiful and they threw a little bit of like bread and stuff into the sea so that the fish would come up and kind of be frenzy around they were beautiful some of the most brightly colored fish I have ever seen but so we're hanging out, we're just enjoying our girl time, and we see these three other guys that are a little bit older, they're closer to Anna's age, because I want to say she was probably 27 at the time, I was 21, and we ended up seeing these guys, and they're probably, at the time, we find, I find out that they're like early 30s, so they're 30, 31, 32. So... We're just hanging around, whatever, and Anna and I are trying to take a picture, and these guys, like, look over, and we're like, hey, do you mind taking a picture of the two of us? And one of them was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So, Raul takes the picture for us, and then ends up saying, hey, are you guys staying in Phuket? And we're like, yeah, why? And he said, well, we are too, but I don't know about you, we haven't really liked Phuket that much. And both of us were kind of like, yeah, it's not as fun. Like, personally, I really didn't like Thailand that much. And I can get into that on a, another occasion of why I didn't like it, why I didn't feel super comfortable there. Part of it was we were just not having good weather in Phuket that week. And so they had said, we called the ferry company. And even though this is supposed to be a day trip, they said we could delay our ferry one day so we could spend the night in like on the main part of like PP Island. And they said, why don't you come join us? 
And Anna and I are kind of looking at each other like, bro, who are you? Like, <laughs> you, we literally asked you to take our photo for us, and now you're inviting us to stay on a different island with you? Like, what? And so Anna and I are kind of like, okay, haha, whatever. And then Anna looks at me and goes, you know what? I think we should do it. I'm like, girl, we don't know these guys. Like, <laughs> are you, uh, what are you thinking? And she's like, no, I, I think it'd be fun. I want to spend more time. Like, PP Island looks more fun than Phuket. Like, I think it would be nice. And I'm like, well, okay, have fun. And she goes, Charlotte, come on, girl code. You can't let me be with three strange guys that I barely know. <laughs> I was like, girl, I barely know you. <laughs> like, what? But she pulled girl code. I'm like, you know what? I Yeah, yeah like, <sighs> and so I'm just contemplating it. I'm like, you know what? I can't, I... I can't leave her alone with three three strange men, even though she's willingly putting herself in this situation. And honestly, these guys seemed really cool and chill and fine. But I'm like, oh, this is one of those times where you look at this story on paper and you're like, Charlotte, how have you not been murdered? Honestly, the grace of God. That's about as much as I can say. But so I said, I don't have my passport on me. Literally, all I have is the swimsuit that I'm wearing a cover-up, a portable charger, not even a charger, a portable charger, and I think a hairbrush and camera gear. That's it. She's like, well, I don't really have much either. Like, my passport and stuff is back at the hostel because this was only supposed to be a day trip. I'll only go if we can find a hotel that allows us to check in with just, like, our driver's license. Because typically when you check into a hotel, you need like a legal government form of ID. Whereas in the U.S., like a driver's license is valid. But in other countries, they, it's typically your passport. So we call a couple places and we find a hotel that says, yeah, like we'll, do, we'll take your, your driver's license as ID. I'm like, okay. So I said, fine, we'll do it. YOLO. And we packed up after lunch go back to PV Island. Now we got to go find this hotel. And we get up to the hotel. And let me tell you, this island had hills and mountains. And of course, our hotel is right at the top of one of these big hills. So we're just climbing these sketchy freaking stairs up to the top. Thank goodness I don't have like a roller suitcase or anything. But I'm walking around in flip-flops. I'm in flip-flops. A bathing suit and a cover-up so I'm like I'm not really in hiking gear to say the least so we get up there we check in and Diego Brian and Raul are all in one room together and Anna and I are in the other and so we check in we go to our room the boys are only like a couple doors down from us it, it wasn't luxurious and it was pretty cheap because that was all of our budgets especially as backpackers but we walk in and it's just one queen size bed and Anna and I look at each other and we look at the towels that are folded into swans that are making like a heart with their necks did we order like, the honeymoon suite or something <laughs> so the blanket on the bed had been folded into a heart and then the swan towels with a heart neck 
we're getting to know each other very, very quickly. And she laughed. Sharing a bed with a stranger. Not not a common occurrence for me. She called her boyfriend to check in. Hello, this is what's happening. And I, I called one of my best friends and I was like, hello, this is what's happening. If I die, it's one of these four people. Kind of kidding, kind of not. But I ended up taking a shower and then realized that after taking a shower, I was like, the only thing I can do is put on my wet bathing suit. So we are really not, not thriving here. But we all took, took a little bit of a nap and we recharged and we're like, all right, we're going to go out tonight. We're going to have fun. And we ended up going to this cute little like restaurant bar right on the water and they had all of these games. So we just sat there. We enjoyed some drinks, played Jenga. And they played the best Pop 2K playlist. And when I tell you, for me, hearing good music and music that I love, that brings my energy level, like, above 100. My, I already have a natural high energy level, but that brings me up. So we're having fun. And like I said, I was 21. The guys are all right around 30. And so... They're making fun of me for being young, for being the baby, whatever. And at one point, I want to say it was either Avril Lavigne or Kelly Clarkson came on. It came out in 2003. I was in third grade. And one of the guys looked at me and he goes, you were in third grade in 2003? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I graduated high school in 2003 I was like ooh ooh and so they just made fun of me the whole time being the baby but you know what at least I can hang but we honestly had a great time and instead of going out to like a real bar or club or anything we ended up just kind of walking around the island and we found a place and at night there was a little bit of light and we did a little bit of swimming um just pretty shallow water because for me swimming in open water is already, ooh, an ad at night, ooh, times two. So we just had a good time, just sat, enjoyed the the moonlight, just sat on the, on the sand. We had a great time. We ended up going back to the hotel, woke up the next morning. Um, Anna and I took, like, the first ferry back because she had a flight out later that day. So I, the boys stayed a little bit longer. I went back. And then checked back into the hostel. And first thing I had to do was make sure that my passport was still there. There, I bring my own lock when I travel. So everything was locked up and it was fine. But still, having been convinced to be stuck on an island that night was probably not one of my smartest decisions. Because again, when you're with four strangers, all you have is your wallet, which didn't include your passport, a bathing suit flip-flops, a portable charger, and a GoPro. Really, if anything went south, you're up a creek without a paddle. But again, I totally believe that people are inherently good. And I believe that you can judge character pretty, pretty well. People, people like to show their true selves. And I could tell that all these people were genuine cool people. I felt safe around them. And I've actually stayed in touch with all of them. So this has been um, 
about two and a half years now, and I'm still connected with all of them on social media. When I was in Los Angeles for work about a year ago, I met up with Brian and we got barbecue. Um, <laughs> and that's all what this podcast is about, is making friends in unexpected places. And man, I would say that making friends in unexpected places would would classify what this is of just (laughs) meeting four strangers, one of them also not knowing anyone, and deciding to spend the night on an island with them with pretty much none of your belongings. That's a pretty unexpected place to make a friend. Thanks to social media, we've been able to stay in touch and hoping to get out to Dubai slash Poland to see Anna at some point in the next few years. And all the boys are down in Southern California. So I don't know. I... I'm glad that I've never died, (laughs) and I will say again, use your judgment with any of these kind of situations, but truly, try to make a friend in an unexpected place. You would be shocked at how, how great people truly are. Be willing to be a little bit vulnerable. I'm not saying that you have to share, share a bed with a complete stranger on an island in a foreign nation, because, yeah, I feel like that speaks for itself, saying because. But both of these stories, and on paper of me getting stranded on an island twice, sound bad, but have left such great memories, such great friendships. And also, as we've learned from my other episode, when traveling can go wrong, it typically does. And it will go wrong a lot. You can't fight the typhoons. You can't stop them. You can't fight the delays getting stuck on an island. So roll with it. Take the adventures, make the new friend, and I guarantee you'll walk out of it with a story. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, you leave a review, you share it, anything to show that you liked this podcast, support, we, us, and ours, so, so appreciated. And I'm just so excited for all that this new year is going to bring all of us. The adventures, the friendships, the opportunities, really just speaking a blessing over everyone who who hears this podcast. So thank you guys for joining along with us. We will see you very, very soon. But remember, go out and make a friend in an unexpected place. Happy New Year, everyone.